Hey, everybody, it's Richard Harris and Scott Lease with another episode of the Surf and Sales podcast. December 2021, we are officially back from Surf and Sales in November in Costa Rica. And with exciting news, our May session is already sold out. And we are already sold out of one of our two sessions in November of next year. So this thing is taken off and we're super excited. Um, couldn't do these kinds of things or our events without our sponsors. So a, a great shout out to our friends um, at Vidyard, at Reggie, at Reprise. And of course, where our guest is from today, Outreach.io, Andrew Newborn. Welcome to the show, my man. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Stoked yeah. to be on this. I, I was wondering when this was going to happen officially. So this is this is amazing to be here, guys. Well, we're glad to have you. And and you know, the first thing we need to do is to make sure that Manny Medina knows that I'll give out his cell phone number if he doesn't send you to surface. <laughs> I will go post it. Publicly. Yeah, I'm tagging yeah. him in this video recap. Don't worry, yeah. I'll tag him. Yeah, how do we how do we have a how do we have a surfer on the show who's never been to surfing sales before? And a sales have... guy. And a sales guy. Yeah. 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 What, what the heck's yeah. going on? Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I, I need to get out there, guys. I did, I will say, I did go um, this past March. I was in Costa Rica for my bachelor party, um, and that was amazing. It was, you know, it was my first time in Costa Rica. Um, you know, we brought our boards, of course, and we pretty much would drive like, you know, wake up at three in the morning, went to a few spots. I don't even remember the names of them. Um, but we got there super early and it was one of the best experiences I've ever had. Honestly, um, there wasn't many people, there was like three other people there. Nice. So it was, yeah, it wasn't packed yet. You know, didn't get blown out either, which is amazing. So those are, those are the awesome. best. Those are the best. Yeah. 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 Hey, let's, let's get right into this fight <clears throat> that I want to have with Andrew. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Get right into it. Let's get right into all of the good morning posts and this kind of argument slash debate or whatever of like who controls what kind of content is worthwhile and helpful and is this of value? Let's get it. Let's get into it. First of all, where did the good morning thing come from for you with the decision to just like rock it basically every day? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's a good. I, I forget where I saw it uh, initially. I saw someone else do a good morning, right? And it wasn't like, I was like, oh, that's funny. I was like, I have one. You know, I'm going to do a good morning. Uh, I think I saw it on Twitter somewhere. And so then I did it on LinkedIn and I did it and like people loved it. So, you know, my rule is like, if something works, double down on it. Um, and so for me, I was like, all right, let me just keep this going. So I did it for like a week. People loved it. Did it for another week people loved it and so now it's just kind of um it's just like my habit to make sure i post every day right that's essentially my forcing function in order to make sure like hey i'm on there every day yes is it valuable not always but does it uh, evoke an emotion yeah um and you know i think that you know, when we talk about content stuff like the stuff that goes viral the stuff that goes does well like evokes an emotion um and so that, that's where it comes from right um, and then I leave my, my value posts for, you know, the afternoon typically. So that's, okay, that's so, my process. Is, so is the kind of fun, <clears throat> silly post to drive emotion, is that in your mind? Like, okay, now everybody's going to be aware of me. And then once they're aware of me, now I'll try to do one in the afternoon that like 
has that has substance behind it? Is that the play? Yep, it's exactly it. That's the play. It's the you know, very intentional, right? It's the like, okay, you know, get something, you know, it's like a value ladder, right? Like something that's like little value. They're like, oh, who's this Andrew guy? And then from there, we step it up to the next value, which is like the true value. Um, and then from there, I offer like my brand 30 stuff, which is the the next tier yeah. of value, right? So yeah, it's it's really, um, the way I think about it is almost like a funnel, right? Uh, in a way. And it's simple. And now, yeah. And now, but where are you funneling them to? Great question. Great question. So um, it depends on the value post that I have, right? So I'll switch it up. Typically, what do I talk about? Online branding, copywriting for salespeople, um, you know, sales, right? So uh, it depends where I funnel them to. So if I'm talking about personal branding, I'll funnel people to uh, Brand 30 page, right? Where people sign up for that. Um, and that does well. On other places, I'll funnel them to, uh, for example, you know, I'll funnel them to um, a copywriting course I have. But that copywriting course is free, but eventually funnels to brand 30, right? So I, I have different places I'll funnel people to, but at the end of the day, when they land there, that free email course is uh, getting people to sign up for brand 30, right? So it all comes back. So brand, so brand 30 is really the thing that becomes monetized. When, okay, so yeah, yep. tell, tell, every, tell everybody who's listening, who doesn't know who you are, like what your role <laughs> is here with outreach and then what is brand 30 what does it do what does it cost give everybody an idea including richard yeah. because richard knows nothing about what's going on and <laughs> not, only, not only so come I, on richard wait come let me on, let me man. let me just jump in and say i don't even know yeah. what this good morning thing is that you're talking about so this is how far yeah where you been man he's he's been working on the uh the barbecue outside and the fire pit man i don't know, uh, I don't know. <laughs> um so I'll start outreach. Um, what do I do at outreach? Uh, I am, you know, officially my title is account executive, but I've been there for six years. So uh, I do a number of things at the company uh, in addition to holding a bag. Um, I started actually on more of the product side. So I studied engineering um, software and, you know, I started there and then I let my curiosity kind of guide me. I was like, hey, you know, if I want to start a tech company one day, not only do I need to know how to build, I need to know how to sell. And there's no other better place to learn how to do that than uh, than outreach, right? So uh, eventually migrated over the sales side and worked my way up there. And now I'm doing sales at outreach on the enterprise side. Um, now, let's kind of transition to brand 30 years, Scott. So um, all I do is think about sales workflows in my day-to-day job, right? How does marketing time to sales? How do leads get funneled from one place to another? All the systems behind driving pipeline, yada, yada, yada. So um, what I noticed is that I was like, hey, a lot of people are asking me and restarting to realize that content is a way to drive pipeline. I call it, you know, content driven pipeline. And in order to do that, they need the pieces in order to uh, be able to put out content that captures attention. Right. Um, and, and that the easiest way and from a first principles mindset to do that is to write online. Right. Um, no starting with images, none of that. Um, and so, you know, at outreach, I would tell people like, hey, you know, here's some stuff to try. Do this, do this. But what I noticed was that 80 percent of what prevented people from actually, you know, like 
putting content online was mindset. People just needed encouragement. Um, and so I was like, I'm going to whip this up into a course. Cause I can't just like tell people flat out like, Hey, it's mindset, you know? So, um, the way I engineered brand 30, which is a, um, essentially a 30 day challenge in every day of the 30 days you post on LinkedIn. Right. And it's to help build your personal brand. That's the outcome um, that we want to achieve there for you. But, um, you know, going back to that. So what we, what I did is I put brand 30 together. It's that course. And I started with an onboarding process, just like when you build a software product and that's focused completely on mindset. Um, and that mindset piece is, you know, think of every post as an experiment, right? Like no one has a hundred crappy versions of anything, right? If you keep going, you know, consistency is the answer as we always hear. Um, so it just goes through that. And that itself is the most powerful part of the brand 30 thing. The writing piece is, is the nice to have, right? People figure it out. Um, but yeah, that's, that's where brand 30 comes from. So again, what, the way to build what, your personal brand. Go ahead. What happens, Andrew, when I come up with brand 29? <laughs> oh, I'm going to be pissed, man. I'm going to be so pissed. No, 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 no. Do it. Do it. Do it. Uh, the beauty of that is we have some people creating other 30 day challenges yeah. now, right? Cool. Which is awesome. Now, so. I, have, so I, have a, I have a question, right? You know, the side yeah. hustles is, is the magic thing these days, right? Particularly with pandemic mm -hmm. and people trying to figure out stuff. How do you, and this is, I think this is a challenge for a lot of people early on when they're creating that sort of next stream of income. How do you, balance your real job, so to speak, the one that, you know, you got to show up for and do with your side hustle. And I'll even throw this in there. You got married and there's even some other stuff happening with your marriage. So, you know, mm -hmm. like you got a lot mm -hmm. of stuff going on in life, man. Like, yeah. How do, how do you yeah. do that? Uh, I get asked this question all the time. Um, I have a lot of energy, man. Um, and I just, I've always had my mind is just like one of those minds that's always running. Like I'm always working on something. Um, my hobby's building, right? Like people, I, like, I, I love it. I love building new income streams. You know, my wife and I have nine income streams, right? Besides 30, um, real estate, e-commerce products, you know, a bunch of stuff. So, um, and I don't talk about all that, right? I kind of, you know, keep that stuff on the wraps. It's not LinkedIn stuff unnecessarily. Um, or what I'm trying to go for yet, but, um, yeah, man, I think what I like to do, just how my mind works, I think in a very, um, systems operated way. So when I start a side hustle, the first thing I do is how do I build this? Cause I love building things from scratch. Mm -hmm. And then after I build it, how do I automate it with some type of system? Right. And a majority of, of everything I have. Yeah, but hold on. Mike, you're talking about how you do it. I want to know how you yeah. balance the life. Like that's. Oh, that. just, okay. You want to get deep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Don't give honestly, me the surface man, shit. Yeah. No, no, no. So um, now we're getting into the tactics. I promise myself that I'll do two deep work sessions a day. What What's is a deep work session? Yeah. That is 90 minutes of me. Literally no phone. I put the phone in the other room. And I just focus on one task at hand. That's it. And I do that twice a day. I do one in the morning and I do one in the early afternoon. Um, and that, that to me is a secret, right? Do you, like, do, no, you do one task or do you try to do, okay, for these 90 minutes, I'm going to get all these things done. And sometimes it's one task and sometimes it's a couple other things. Yeah. It, it's probably one 
goal, like one thing that I can kind of get off the checklist that probably has a few different subtasks. Mm-hmm. Um, but for, ex- for example, I'm going to get this product on Amazon today and get the shipment delivered to a fulfillment warehouse. Right. right? And that may take one session that may take two in that mm-hmm. day. But typically if I do that, right, I can actually, and it's only three hours a day and that's when I'll get, you know, those big tasks done. Sometimes it's work stuff, right? Hey, I need to like get this contract together for this enterprise customer, go to deal desk, work on like mm-hmm. terms, yada, yada, yada. Or, you know, sometimes it's, uh, and if it's, if I don't have anything work related, it's on building something or, you know, uh, optimizing something that I already have. Got it. So Got that, it. That's it. That's all I do. How many hours uh, a week do you think you were? Oh, um, on everything, you know, your side hustles, your real job. Yeah. So, um, Let's see. So I, w- I wake up at five to box. Uh, I've been boxing for the past couple of years, started during the pandemic. Um, then at six, I pretty much, you know, do some breathing work. Uh, 6.30, get started on the computer. So I would say 6.30 to probably 3 p.m. every day. Um, that's it. And I cut myself off because um, I cut myself off because my wife, you know, I want to spend time with her. Um, you know, I grew up in a Latino family, so family's everything, you know, like right. once you're done with work, like I want to be fully like ingrained in what I'm doing. And so I can't do that if I'm always like trying to work all night and then balance being with my wife and balance, like calling my mom and saying, hi, mom, you know? Um, so typically I'll stop around three, four, to be honest. And my brain stops to work at about 12, one ish right or starts to slow down so at three i'm like done anyways because i get started at like 6 37 so yeah. that's impressive we're, get, we're catching him right now at the tail end of his day richard yeah 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 yes. <laughs> exactly exactly guys exactly. He's, about, he's about he's about done he's about right. done. <laughs> i'll see you guys later go to bed yeah yeah what's yeah, it uh, i, I want to shift you've been at outreach a very long time mm-hmm. um i'm guessing you're a two-digit a two-digit employee number um yep yeah and, early two digit yeah yeah and uh and you know i mean you were you guys were like around a million and now you're like this billion dollar unicorn when i got so many questions about this when <laughs> yeah. did it go from this is cool to oh hell yeah this is a rocket ship in your mind um so when i started we were less than a million um, and honestly, that, that was pretty scary. We didn't know what was going to happen. Right? right. We were, we were like, Oh shoot. Like this thing could take off. It can't, you know, maybe it won't like, you know, maybe a market would change. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but I would say at the end of 2016, we hit 10 million in revenue. Um, mm-hmm. and once we hit that 10 million mark, it was like, okay, what's the next mark? A hundred million. Um, well, no, it was, 50 right but um you know 50 million and so that was when it got real i think when we hit 10 million i think that was like okay we have like a legitimate business here that could be like a big you know piece of um the sales tech stack for every organization so that's when it truly hit um because early on you're just fighting fires right you're doing Mm. you know i was doing everyone was doing support tickets like it was that like true startup like five there um is it, is it significantly easier to sell now than it was then? 
No, I would say no. It's not. Tell me, tell me more about that because I think a yeah. lot of people, yeah. a lot of people would be surprised by that answer. I think. Yeah, no, it's not. I think it's um, it's just as hard selling. So you know, a lot of people say, "Oh, you sell to salespeople and you sell sales software." It's probably easy. It's not. Um, it's actually very difficult uh, for a few reasons. I would say one, the tool is mostly for sales reps, right? But how often does sales have a budget? Never, right? So you're not convincing salespeople to buy this. They see it, right? You're convincing marketing, but marketing has to then get approval from sales operations. And then sales operations has to get approval from enablement. So you're essentially having to do like a true enterprise, like multi-department sale in every, you know, in, in every sale. Um, and to do that, you know, it, it's great because no transformative product is going to just sell to one department ever, as y'all know. Right. And so in general, you know, when we're selling to these multiple departments, it's a big transformation initiative. So it's hard. It takes a while. You have to get a lot of stakeholders involved. Um, and, you know, things are getting more complicated on the, on the operations and system side for sales reps, unfortunately, uh, which is getting a lot easier, but that makes it even harder to sell um, as we move forward, right? Lots of, you know, other competitors in the market, what we do is not proprietary, uh, right? And so it's, a, it's, it's workflow at the end of the day, but um, lots of other people getting into the market, which also makes it a lot harder too. Yeah. What, what do you think will be the next evolution out of this, this, you know, niche that you guys are in? Right. I mean, we, my, my guess, my first answer is, well, it's going to be AI, right. But what's it really mean? Do you think be a futurist? Yeah, I think, um, so a, you know, if we talk AI, it, AI is going to always be an assistant because, you know, it's never going to get rid of that human human relation, but, um, I think the future here, um, I think it's really going to come down to figuring out how to incorporate content, create every salesperson is going to become a content creator. Like they're going to, you know, this creator economy, that's going to be the future. And so, um, I think how, because people are starting to realize content is how you drive, you know, basically trust, how you drive brand, how you drive a lot of things today. Uh, so I think the future is going to say, all right, we started with emails. How do we incorporate other channels of creation to capture attention? Because that's get capturing attention is becoming harder and harder and harder. And that's really what we're trying to do at the end of the day. Right. right. And so what are some mechanisms you can put in place at content creation in order to essentially uh, continue to capture uh, attention in a systematic way? That's my think, future answer. Do you, do you think salespeople without a brand have a future as salespeople? If, if they get lucky, right? If they, if they go to, if they get, if they go to a company that's well-known, that's getting a shit ton of inbound and like, you know, in like they're taking orders. Sure. But in the future, I don't think so because you know what I think is going to happen in the future? Sales reps aren't going to work for one company. Sales reps are going to go work for five different companies, just like, right. Just like other industries. Uh, and why that is, is because I sell outreach, but I can also sell zoom info. I can also sell lead IQ. I can also sell, 
um, you know, like four other, five other products, yeah. right? In the sales stack. So what the future is going to hold as well, and I would say in the next five to 10 years, is salespeople are going to work for multiple companies at a time. And they're going to be true consultants in a way where they're saying, oh, for this, use outreach. For this, you know, um, use, use Richard and Scott for the consulting you need over here. Use this over here. And the way they're going to drive that is they're going to become their own marketers in a way, right? They're going to have to figure out what's their messaging around um, that encapsulates everything they sell. And so going back to what you think the future is, it's going to be, how do we take care of those people, right? How do we, how do we help enable them with their own little CRMs, with their own way to manage, you know, customers and go ahead. Who are some of the people that you think are at the cutting edge of this right now and are doing it in a, in a really powerful way that other people might want to pay attention to and, and model themselves after? Yeah, great question. I think um, Attentive is a good company. A lot of people at Attentive, if you've seen that, um, they do e-commerce marketing. Um, they're doing a really great job of pushing, you know, people. And you see a lot of their people pushing out content there. Outreach is, is doing a, a pretty good job, right? Putting stuff out there. Um, I think Gong as well, right? Um, in terms of like utilizing content to drive um, pipeline and, you know, essentially get their brand out there. And what, um, about, what about from a seller perspective? What 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 salespeople do you see kind of executing on this strategy that you're talking about where they're sort of selling for multiple companies right now, even if it's just via, you know, affiliate relationships and that type of thing? I'm just curious if you know anybody or see anybody out there who's like doing this already, even if they mm -hmm. haven't combined it the same way, like, okay, that's somebody that. I should pay attention to and kind of follow because I think they're, you know, moving the direction in the future, the way that the way the future is moving. So I don't have anyone in mind, to be honest, but I, I know people that essentially do do that, right? Like I just had a deal where, you know, I sold outreach, but I also sold lean data, right? And sold them on why they should get lean data. And they're like, all right, well, we've taken a year to buy outreach. This is a one sticking point. We need to buy lean data now. Right. And so it comes down to like, okay, well, I spoke the value of that. Right. Like why go through having to then submit an inbound request. Right. Like we talk about buyer and customer experience. Like if I want lean data now, I should get it now just with outreach. Right. And like, I just want that one point of contact because those tools tie together so well. And so um, you'll see that in anyone that's building products like that or working, selling products like outreach where, Outreach isn't just a sole thing. It integrates with Salesforce. It in, when it's integrating in a true platform, you're essentially having to sell a lot of the products associated with Outreach too. Because, for example, this this customer today, they're like, we have uh, we have Six Sense, awesome product, right? Um, but hey, we want to, you know, we have all this intent data on our prospects. We want to use it with, with Outreach. Okay, well, I have to know how Six Sense works, the the value Six Sense brings to Outreach, how you know how it all comes together. So there's no one with a title that's like, hey, I'm a salesperson for five people, but that's essentially what's happening. Yeah. And I think, and I think the, the question that people are asking right now is how do we do co-selling, right? Like how do we create some, there's a lot of people trying to create something where it's like co-selling, like 
hey, you know, Johnny over here is speaking to the same contact that I'm speaking to at Google, right? But I think that's the wrong question. The question shouldn't be, hey, how do I talk to Johnny who's also talking to, to Lindsay? The question should be, how do I as the rep help them get through their journey with the least amount of friction? And so that's where I think the future is heading because a lot of these co-sell things, it's just going to create a lot more chaos too. Um, but that's my take. I could be wrong. Who knows? I, th I think you're on it. And to a large extent, it's, it's been around for a long time, right? It's called channel sales, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's mm -hmm. in referral selling, right? So mm -hmm. to a large extent, you know, Scott's very good at this. Scott, and, and, and I've done okay at it, but as usual, I do something okay and Scott runs away with it, um, which is okay. Like that's, that's <laughs> who he's good at. That's what he's good at. Um, but, you know, I know Scott's created a very nice side income just from referring people to outreach or to this other, you know, um, data tool or whatever it is, right? So, um, you know, it's, it's not hard to do. And I know there are some big platforms out there that are, that are coming along to do this. So it's, it's very cool. Well, to Andrew's point, you have to set it up in the right way. Yeah. So Andrew, Andrew's selling outreach and I'm improvising here, but it's like, okay, I need to know what CRM somebody uses. Right. I need to know what else is in their stack. Like, are they using conversational intelligence? Okay, cool. Are they using email intelligence? Are they using data intelligence? Are they using a onboarding, uh, you know, platform? Are they using a commission kind of platform? So there's opportunity there for you as a salesperson to have relationships with these different orgs and whatever that looks like, fill out a form here, refer somebody. Oh, I have a buddy over there. I yep. get to kick back on all this kind of stuff. So you don't have to be a consultant like me to do that. You can be a salesperson like Andrew and do yep. that. You can be a sales leader and do that. And I think it's a very interesting concept of, of how, you know, sellers can be working for multiple companies kind of at the, the same time. Why not? Why can't we be? Why do we have to yeah. sign? Why do we? Have, why are we signing offer letters that limit our ability to do anything except for one particular employer? Why? Yeah, it. I know. It, <laughs> I don't know. It's a great question to ask, right? And that's the question I ask too. Like, if I have time to create other side hustles, right, and do this stuff, I most likely have time to be selling other products for other companies, right? Um, and we're essentially doing it anyways, right? We're doing it anyways when, when we're like, oh, you it's should buy much, this. It's a much lower barrier to entry to do that. Yeah. Yeah. There's no barrier. There is. Not only, not only that, but the leads, if you will, are so much more qualified. Yes. Think yeah. about it. You yeah. know, if somebody's got a heat map or a, a, what do you call it? Lead score. Like that lead score is pretty high fucking up there. If, if they're like, hey, this is coming from Scott who is helping these people set up their tech stack. Like they have to pick something. They should probably pick you, right? Or Andrew is teeing something up. Like that's a way better lead than something you're cold calling or that downloaded a fucking white paper and is now some mythical MQL. Give me a break, right? So the caliber and quality of the leads are, are even stronger. It's a very mm -hmm. interesting. Very and, interesting. and you see it with... Um... It, it's becoming like, you know, the other way to think about it is it's becoming 
I have this theory that, you know, whatever happens in B2C always comes to B2B. B2B is just like the slow grandpa that, you know, takes forever to catch up. So what happens is if you look in B2C, influencer marketing is still on first base, right? Like it's just getting started there. But that concept of, hey, I have a following. These people trust me. I'm going to show this product to them and they're going to buy it, hopefully. And this brand's going to pay me 20 grand to make this post. That same thing, that same concept, that's going to move to B2B. And it goes and it relates to this because there's going to be that one person. Oh, I know Andrew or I know Scott. And I know that he, he has put a lot of work into, um, you know, betting these one products. I'm going to buy what Scott recommends. And so I'm going to go to Scott and I'm going to say, Scott, I need to up level my sales process. What do I need to do? What do I need to buy? Right. And that same thing is going to happen. It's going to be more complicated because you're dealing with big, you know, more complex systems versus people hitting buy now on a Shopify page. Right. But that same concept, how do you bring that to B2B? Right. And it's already happening. Like, you guys probably have it. Like I got hit up last week. It was like, Hey, we'll pay you 5k to do a post on, on XYZ. And I was like, Hey, like, I don't want to do that. Cause that doesn't resonate with my following. And, and I don't know your product. I've never used it. Right. So I don't, you Richard, know, I don't you want, Richard, you yeah, want, you want 5k, Richard? Just send it to me, dude. Like seriously, yeah, I got you. I will, I got I will you. use the product yeah. and I will talk yeah. about it. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, you know, like, um, yeah, and, and you already see it happening, right? Uh, I know Sal Nelson gets hit up all the time, me and him are boys, right? Like, for to get paid to show random, you know, or to, like, talk about certain products, right? Um, so it's happening, not as big of a scale as in B2C, of course, but, like, people are starting to catch on. Yeah, I'm seeing, we are seeing it, so I yeah. see it now. Um, yeah. And it's, and it's tough because it does become that thing of, wow, I built my brand to support my business. Now other people want me to do it. And it's like, how do I do that and be authentic, but also be, um, you know, not a shill, you know? So like, yeah, I've got, I've got somebody, I'm going through that with somebody right now. So it's kind of interesting. Um, yeah. cool. So were you, were you always a sales guy? Were you as a kid, the sales guy? I think you said you, you were a little bit more engineering <laughs> in the beginning. Like, yeah, I, um, I would say, yeah, I've always been a sales guy um, because I grew up around uh, a single mom who was an entrepreneur hustler, right? And mm-hmm. so um, my mom came from Mexico, moved to the U.S., didn't know a lick of English. Uh, I grew up in the projects with my mom. So something that a lot of people don't know, right? I grew up in the projects with her um, in San Bernardino, California, actually. Um, so, you know, a rough part there. Um, of California and in the projects. And then, um, you know, I saw her rise from us being there to, you know, now she's an amazing businesswoman, mm-hmm. right? And so um, in that process, I would go to work with her every day, right? Uh, when she was starting her first business, I'd go there. Um, and while she was, you know, doing her thing, I would go to, you know, I would at lunchtime ask her to take me to Costco so I can buy uh, like, a, you know, cases of Coke and then sell them to all the doctor's offices that are in their building. Right. So like I was always coming up with side hustles, you know? Um, and then I, you know, I'd make a great margin on those because each can would cost me 25 cents. I'd sell them for a dollar each. Right. That adds, I'd sell 50 sodas and at, at like, you know, 11 years old, I was making good money. Uh, 
And so that's kind of where it all started. Um, and so I've always had that like build something mindset. And that's why I study engineering. I, I just like, love that you're okay. selling Coke. I just love you're selling Coke to doctors. Like, yeah, yeah. Right. right. <laughs> they love it. They love Coke. <laughs> they love Coca-Cola. They love it. Man. You right. would never believe, right? There you go. It's like ice to Eskimo, right? No, but really uh, they see this 11 year old kid, you know, selling solo. Like, how can you say no to that too? Right. right? Kids just trying yeah. to trying to do something for himself. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's so, so, that's fun. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, go ahead, Scott. I didn't say anything. Oh, I thought you were saying something. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, wow, we've flown by, man. Like we're we're actually at the end. So you know, yeah. we always have our our last question, which is, what can we do for you? But first, want to uh, shout out to Vidyard, to Reggie. Uh, dot AI, obviously to outreach. Thanks for making Andrew available. Um, they really went and decided who was the best to come. So it wasn't Max, it wasn't Manny, it was Andrew. Um, so really yeah. glad they could do that. And uh, and of course our friends uh, Reprise, so who who also sponsors. So thank you. But Andrew, what question do you have for us? What can we what can we answer for you? Uh, what uh, what can you answer for me? How do we get more salespeople to start putting out content? Right. Like that, like how, how do we do that? Because what I think is that the best sales training out there, one of them is learning copywriting in this remote first world. Right. And be in, so how do we get more salespeople to get out there and write? Well, I think, I think it's, I think you said it earlier, it's a mindset and it's an encouragement Mm -hmm. that that starts. Um, And, and, you know, I think that's step one. Step two, um, we have to get rid of all the shitty bosses who think <laughs> that, who think yeah. that your LinkedIn profile belongs to them. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. I think, and I think that part of that shift for both the boss and the sales rep and any employee, because it, it shouldn't just be the salesperson in my opinion, um, yeah. is that everybody needs to recognize that we're all free agents. And it's not a, a question of, if, oh my gosh, if I go out and start doing all this and I get recruited, well, the boss of your company should be thinking about why you shouldn't leave, not if you get recruited. So it's, it's really, really important. So, so that's the mindset side of it. I don't know enough about copywriting to know what that even means. Like, you know, like yeah, in the sense yeah. of like, how do you teach oh, them? Like I couldn't, I couldn't tell you I just write shit, right? Like that's just what I do. So I don't, I, I know there's something better that I could learn there. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, I, you know, I would just tell people to start, you know, Stephen King, you know, I saw him get interviewed and someone, you know, some college kid asked him, well, how did you become such a good writer? Where do you start? And he says, you just start on a blank page, like just start. And it's the same thing when you're a startup, like you don't, start anywhere you just start and you figure it out along the way and i think that's the piece people need to do and they need to sort of get comfortable with being uncomfortable of sharing their own thoughts so that's a long answer but that's how i see it the 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 copywriting as a skill set i completely agree is becoming more and more important you know when when richard and i were first getting started in sales nobody would ever have said you need to be a really good writer in order to be a good salesperson. That would not have been a thing. And now that's part of interview processes that I see where it's like, Hey, craft up a, you know, sample prospecting email, 
that you might send if you were gonna work at outreach. And it doesn't have to be, you know, perfect, doesn't have to be totally right about the product, but you're looking for somebody's abilities. So, you know, I think we gotta teach people how to write and specifically write for sales and marketing copy, which is different than writing a novel. Um, you write a novel, you're supposed to tell a compelling story. You fill in tons and tons of details. You do sales and marketing copywriting and you fill in tons of details and you've lost me. Mm-hmm. So it's actually the opposite of writing novels and big articles and stuff like that. How do I tell a compelling story in six words or less? Right. <clears throat> How do I make it, you know, readable? and stay above the fold on my iPhone because that's where I'm checking my email when I'm at my kid's practice. Um, <clears throat> as far as getting more people to, to create content, um, I don't know that they should create brand new content so much as what they should do is practice writing by engaging with other people's content first. I don't know that I need new SDRs and brand new AEs and maybe I'm just not in the right demographic anymore, but I don't know that I need to read that kind of content. I don't really know what they can offer other than sharing the experiences of their journey. And too many people posture, I think, you know, listen, if I see another fucking sales consulting uh, CEO with eight months SDR experience and 10 months AE experience who pivoted to form their own consulting firm, I'm going to lose my shit. So, you know, I don't know that we need that. I would love to see people practice on other people's content, like get in there and comment and engage and have dialogue a half dozen, a dozen times a day. I think that's where you find your, your style and find your voice and you're still networking a little bit and, and building a little bit of a brand and, and bide some time. I don't, I don't want to see people race to become a thought leader straight away. Um, I think there's other ways to contribute. Um, so those are some of my thoughts. Scott, Scott's saying, get off my lawn, you youngins. That's what A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Well, I think, it, I think it's interesting too, uh, Andrew, that the evolution of the sales rep role you know, two or three years ago, you had to have a much more, I mean, and now specifically, you had to be more tech savvy. You actually had to understand how to navigate a tool like an outreach, plus a Vidyard, plus, you know, uh, lean data, right? Whatever, you know, like you got to figure out how to do all that. That that didn't exist 10 years ago, right? Like you, you had to know how to do your CRM. And you know, we thought it was awesome when the machine would dial the phone for me. Like that was cool. Um, you know, we were, <laughs> times we were, have changed. Right? Times have so, changed. so to the point of okay, so for the last few years we've been tech focused on our skill set. It's it sounds like we also now need to be copywriting skilled, right? And so these pieces are changing. And the hard part is is that the leaders above the teams didn't do it, don't know how to do it, and can't understand it. Which is the same thing we went through when people were trying to adopt an outreach right? Mm-hmm. Or even a sales force. Like it's just, it's just the growth curve, right? And the mm-hmm. old people don't want to do something new. They don't want to learn a new skill or a new tactic. They never had to do it that way. You know, I still have conversations. I had a person the other day, the guy's like, well, I want to put all the information in the system. I'm like, why would you do that? It's like, well, that's what they're supposed to do. I'm like, no, it's not. You hire them to sell. 
She's like, well, I don't know if I agree with that. I'm like, well, I can't help you. Like, I'm not. And I broke down the math to him. I'm like, okay, how many, you know, he's just like, yeah, that's just their job. Like, yeah, it's my job. That's my job as a, as a senior AE with my uh, $120,000 salary. My job is data entry. Right. So it's uh, like a good use to spend. Yeah. But that, I think that's, I think that's true. So, um, well, cool, man. Well, this has been awesome and massively educational. So uh, it's always good to catch up with you, Andrew. And I'm, I'm glad you let Scott pick a fight with you and you didn't take I it. Love it man. So no, very, very gentle. Yeah. It was but like, yeah. Andrew, you know, we need you no. in November to be coming to surf and sales. So you need to go to surf and put down your deposit because it's filling up and selling out. So, you know, Go check yeah. it out. We'll, we're we're, we're going we'll to get here. We'll, to pay for it. Here, we'll stay on hold <laughs> while you go do that right now. Okay. Yeah, while he gets Manny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me text Manny real quick. Make sure Uncle Manny will uh, we'll get this going, right? So, Uncle Manny will pay uh, for everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, guys, it's been a pleasure, um, you know, being here with y'all uh, and, and about the Scott picking a fight. No, it's, yeah, I think it's part of surf culture. You, pull people's legs right and like for me you just you do that in the water you have fun with it you know so um it's all good vibes at the end of the day coming from everyone so um yeah guys uh, let me know how else i can help and freaking it's been awesome talking to legends all right let me know appreciate it Andrew. awesome yeah. man thanks Andrew. guys appreciate it guys have a good one later